Symphony of Shadows. Third movement. Luce spenta, l'ombra more. New endings, old beginnings. Praise two. It was difficult to unsettle Cybele. He was quick to anger, sure, but never from fear. He was unshakable. Not from being chased by Red, not from being stuck on this planet, but the revelation of Avery's history and death brought him close to the edge. Sornois seemed calm as ever, though, which put him at ease. You'll come around, said Sornois. You sure this is what's right, to follow him? Cybele turned his chin up to the door. Don't think he's up to the task, if you ask me. I'm asking you to trust me. After you kept that supernova from me all these years, Cybele growled. What's your angle in this? I'm getting old, Cybele. Like I said before, my edge is dulling and it's time I start thinking about our future. You're a bastard, Sornois. Always have been. We're a lot of thieving savages not worth saving. Sornois stood gingerly, wincing from the pain. Aye, perhaps, but we're people, too, trying to survive in our own way. We were forged by the Divine Republic, defined by how they rejected us. I think it's about time we do the defining. If we can all get back in one piece together, holding the power of these crystals, it will be us doing the defining. And who better to lead than you? asked Cybele. Avery may have given us a reputation, but it's you who gave us flesh. Cybele suddenly felt uncomfortable, his metal appendages briefly alien for a moment. Sornois placed a hand on Cybele's shoulder, and he could have sworn he felt the warmth there. It's time your generation takes the reins. If I'm fool enough to let Red stab me, then it's a good time for me to pass the power, before it's too late. Will you help me to the deck? I think it's time I get back to my ship. If we're stuck here, I may as well be comfortable in my own quarters. Might have a way home, said Cybele, easily shouldering the weight of Sornois. The captain raised an eyebrow. Woods thinks it was my pistol that got us all into this. I shot that jazz woman. My damned luck I hit the crystal in her pocket. Woods is pretty sure if we shoot a crystal with it again, we'll be home. Right then, Cybele got a message from Knox. It had gone out to everyone. They were all supposed to meet on the deck, which is where they were heading anyway. I told you he'd come around, grinned Sornois. What about Woods? Didn't like the man at first, but he doesn't seem like any Divine Republic crony I've met before. Sornois nodded. I invited him to join us at one point, but he rejected the offer. For a military man, he never liked killing much. We were close during the war. The only person I really could have called a friend back then. Time changes us all, though. Like we'd ever take his fool offer, spat Cybele. He's no fool, said Sornois. They entered the deck and Sornois' lieutenant took him from Cybele. Cybele moved to his own crew who were forming up close by. They were all there, which was a relief. Derby was the first to approach Cybele. 
We're all good, Captain. The steel stallion's fine as well. Seems red's settled down since we caught her. Cybele looked over to the woman and sneered. Crazy bitch. There's no way Red could have heard him, but she must have felt the curse because she caught his eye and blew him a kiss between cigar puffs, then winked. Cybele grimaced and turned to Trigger. You still got my pistol? he asked. Aye, sir, he said, turned his body to show the pistol in back of his pants. Give it, Cybele began, but was interrupted by everyone murmuring. He turned to find Knox along with Gerta, Jazz, and the boy whose hand he'd replaced. Greeny, Cybele thought, and gave him a wolfish smile. The boy wilted, but Jazz stepped in front of him and stared right back with a predatory smile of her own. The woman was far too proud of her luck beating him. She must have forgotten if not for that crystal, she'd be dead. He was certain he'd have time to wipe the smirk off her face soon enough, though, so he let it pass, focusing his attention on Knox. Tane's chest tightened involuntarily, and he clenched his metal fist as Cybele looked at him. The fear he felt was sharp and jagged, tearing through his guts. The torture. The pain. It all came back in a flood of despair. Then he felt a hand on his shoulder, and he looked to find it was Jazz's. She'd just disentangled herself from Gerta and was now stepping in front of him. She stared down Cybele, who merely grinned and spat. So, uh, what's this all about? roared Red. Does the last son have something to say? Jazz, Tane whispered. Shh, not now, she hissed, and Tane felt the shame weigh down on him and mix with the trauma of Cybele into a cocktail of silent self-loathing. Something to say, said Knox, and something to give. He looked at Sornois and then back to the crowd. I can get us all home. Red looked to Gerta. He's got a plan? Gerta nodded. We, she stressed the word, have a plan. Well, out with it then, growled Cybele. Knox looked to Jazz. The crystal, he asked. Jazz removed a purple crystal from her jacket and handed it over to Knox with some depredation. He, in turn, removed Cybele's pistol from his holster. Knox began addressing the crowd, but Tane pulled on Jazz's elbow again, overcoming his self-doubt with a monumental effort. She leered at him. Tane fought against his instinct to cower and spluttered. Try to connect with wit. Jazz looked confused, then angry, and then concerned. What did you do to him? She accused Tane. It wasn't me. That's not all. Woods and Wyatt both entered the Shadow's Edge and neither of them have come out. Jazz's eyes flicked to her ship and back to Tane. You don't have to believe me. Look for yourself. Tane sent her the video. My parents are on that ship. Jazz said more to herself than to Tane. She looked to Knox, who seemed to have things in hand. He began by telling everyone of the Divine Republic's plan to destroy the Constellation Sector Gate, which he hadn't mentioned in the infirmary. This did nothing for Tane's ability to hold his piss in, but at least it was a common enemy everyone could swallow. Woods, Jazz broke in. He's up to something. No, I think... But Jazz grabbed Tane firmly by the arm and led him away through the assembled crowd. No one seemed to pay them much attention, Everyone glued to center stage. What are we doing? he asked. 
Is there a way you can see what's going on in my ship? With wits suspended, I would need to hardline. Shouldn't be too hard, but I'll need some tools. Jazz made a detour to a ship under repair and quickly found a toolkit. Will this do? Tane inspected the set and nodded. A few moments later, they were close to the shadow's edge. Under here. Jazz motioned to her cloak. Don't get any bright ideas, you hear? Face that way. Jazz pointed in front of her. Embarrassed, Tane slipped under the cloak and Jazz activated it. The precaution was sound. Switch's warning still ringing in his ears. Under the cloth, he began to work at removing a panel. He didn't have Switch's talent for mechanics, but he was good enough. There was no other ship he'd worked on more than the Shadow's Edge either, considering how often Jazz banged it up. With the panel removed, a few wires stripped, and his tablet out, he was ready to plug directly into the ship's system. He started by trying to access the ship's cameras, which activated, but didn't seem to be working. The screen was just black. Tane tried the onboard mics as well, but they had been disconnected entirely. He's smart, said Jazz. Who? asked Tane. Your father? What? No, why would I think that? I mean, maybe, but what's that have to do with Woods? Must have put something over the cameras. Can you turn on Wit? Tane almost blurted what Switch had told him, but held it in. It could be Woods. Wouldn't that make more sense? The Divine Republic had sent him, after all. They were trying to close the gate. I need proof, he thought to himself. Switch had told him, and the man had never led Tane astray. It's not working, said Tane. I can access the ship's operational functions from here, but Wits hardware will take a lot of dismantling to access. It's not meant to be reached easily, if at all. Shit, Jazz shook her head. Wait, Tane paused, excitement overcoming him. Wait a minute. It can't be Woods. What do you mean, of course it's Woods? Who else could it be? You're wasting time. We need to figure out what's happening there so we can get the jump on him. We need to do something now before he hurts. <sighs> Jazz breathed. My parents. That's just the thing, said Tane. Woods wouldn't be able to spend wit, not without knowledge of the ship, not without permissions. Permissions only a few people have. What are you saying? asked Jazz, confused. Wasn't this your parents' ship? Yeah, but... Jazz trailed off, considering. So what? Maybe Woods forced them to do it. That doesn't make any sense either, responded Tane. There's no way Woods could have known about Wit, and the AI would have made short work of him with his security protocols the moment he stepped on board and posed a danger. Wit was suspended before Woods came along. My parents wouldn't began Jazz, but she stopped mid-sentence. Tane filled in the silence. We don't know what they would do. We never knew them. All I'm saying is that they're the only ones who could be responsible for turning off wit and that it might not be Woods who's up to something nefarious. Are you accusing my parents of... Jazz grunted. Of what exactly? Conspiracy to commit privacy? I have an idea, said Tane. Give me that drone switch made for you. Why, it'll be useless without wit. Maybe to you, but not to me. Hand it over. Jazz fished the orb out of her pocket and handed it to Tane. Switch may have built the drone, but Tane programmed it. He easily backdoored his way in and switched it to manual mode. A moment later, it flew above them to look into the cockpit of the ship. At first, there wasn't much of note. The door to the cockpit was closed, masking the body of the ship. 
There were no other external windows on the ship, though. Damn, said Jazz. Can you open the door? I can, said Tommy, but it's a risk. Might give us away. Hmm, thought Jazz. What about a distraction? Can you turn the shower on or something? I'll give it a try. Tane worked his tablet and accessed the plumbing. A moment later, his screen let him know that the shower was on. Tane made to open the door, but Jazz placed a hand over his metal one, stopping him. Wait. She let a few moments pass and then released his hand. Tane opened the door. He thanked Eos no one was in the main cabin and then was horrified at what he could see. Blood streaked the metal floor, red rags laying sanguine across buckets of water. Tane moved the drone slightly as he noticed a movement to the side and could see a man tied up. I think that's Woods, said Jazz. Is that his blood? Doesn't seem like it, replied Tane. He's not moving, but he's tied up good. Not sure why they would bother if he was dead. Can't make out any wounds from here either. Tane zoomed in the camera to get a better look, but as he did, a figure passed by. He zoomed out to find a short woman followed close by a tall man, Jazz's parents. Tane pulled the drone away, hoping they hadn't seen it. There's no way they'd miss the open door, though. Shit, what do we do? Tane felt the panic grip him by the balls. I need to go in there, figure out what's happening. This has to be Woods' doing. He must have done something to Wyatt and my parents stopped him. Jazz, that's a lot of blood. I know, said Jazz, despairing. I know. But why could... She didn't finish the sentence. And why would they have turned off wit? Jazz grimaced, a pained look on her face like she'd just swallowed a lemon whole. I don't know, Tane. I have to deal with this, though. How can I turn wit back on? Normally you could just use voice commands, but they've unhooked all the mics. You'll need to get into the cockpit and unsuspend him manually. You'll need to input the password on the main console. Password? What has a password? asked Jazz. Tane looked at Jazz disbelieving, but didn't say anything. I know it, not to worry. I can feed it to you over your comms. I have a better idea. Is the cockpit door still open? Tane checked and nodded his head. Good, keep it that way and bring that drone back up. Tane locked the door open and the drone maneuvered back to them. Okay, now make sure you keep it close behind me. I'll see what I can get out of them and make my way close to the cockpit. When you have the opportunity, give Wit a reboot using the drone. Think you can manage that? I... Tane paused. I don't know, Jazz. Wouldn't it be better if I just ran and got some help? I'm not sure... There's no one else, Tane. Not right now, anyway. Knox is dealing with a very delicate situation... And if something has happened to Wyatt, it won't help things. I know you're a bona fide fuck-up. All I'm asking is that you fuck things up for the other guys instead of me, okay? Tane didn't mention that the other guys were in all likelihood her parents. He considered that whether he succeeded or failed, it would fuck things up for Jazz. He kept that particular thought to himself and nodded. Jazz nodded back and clapped him on the shoulder. I'm going through the dropship, said Jazz, pointing to the belly of the vessel. You can open the bottom hatch from here, right? Tane nodded and Jazz removed her cloak, handing it to Tane. Hold on to this, just in case we're being watched. And with that, Jazz wriggled her way under the shadow's edge, into the dropship, and up through the hatch Tane had just unlocked. He controlled the drone, riding close to Jazz's back, 
and praying to Eos that he could make this work. It's just like a video game, he told himself. He was good at video games. He was like the hero of ages, with a dungeon key required to open the chest to an item that would save the princess. That was all this was. Looking through his HUD and controlling the drone, he could almost believe it, but the grip of panic in Tani's guts tightened with each passing moment. I've really got a piss. Cybele listened to what Knox had to say about the Divine Republic's plan to close the gate. This was not new knowledge for Cybele, but it did remind him of the urgency for them to get back to the Constellation Sector. Where is Woods? Cybele idly scanned the crowd, but couldn't find the man anywhere. It wasn't like Woods to be on the sidelines of something like this. While looking around, Cybele caught Jazz and the boy moving through the crowd toward all the parked ships. He wouldn't underestimate her again, that was for sure. Cybele turned to Derby and whispered, Follow Jazz and the boy she's with. They're up to something. Go alone. Derby didn't even nod. He melted into the crowd. Hey, Red interrupted Knox. That was becoming a constant occurrence during his rhetoric, making it hard for Knox to get any momentum. We get it. We're fucked if we stay here and we're fucked if we go back. What's with all the foreplay, Sonny? Tell us the fucking plan. You're wasting time. Because we need to act as one, said Knox. And to do that, we need to agree. All of us. All of you. Knox shouted louder, as if talking to everyone present. Providence was founded a pirate republic. We vote on this as a council. Every single one of us. The road home will be dangerous and uncertain. If there are any doubts, any whispers of betrayal, then all of us will be swallowed by our own pride. And what might we be voting on, Sonny? asked Red. You, for starters, Knox pointed at her. You stabbed Sornwa, tried to kill Cybele, and planned to do Eos knows what else. Knox lowered his finger and looked out to the crowd before him. So I move to forgive Red for her wrongdoings, so long as she makes a pledge to do what's best for the people of Providence. Red seemed to have a clever retort, her face like a cannon with that fat cigar protruding from her lips. She released a large puff of smoke instead. You what? Knox turned to Sornwan Cybele. Do I have a second? The deck was dead quiet and seemed about to snap with any sudden motion. Sornois played it straight, never one to reveal what he was really thinking, but he also gave an encouraging look to Cybele. Cybele considered for only a moment and shrugged. Second, what do I give a damn if Red failed at killing both of us on separate occasions? Fault's mine if she succeeds the way I see it. Sornois nodded as well. She keeps us sharp, although I'd rather you point yourself in the other direction, Red. Your mother was always my least favorite, but when it came down to it, she knew who the real enemy was. I think it's about time you do the same and know your place. And where's that? Red blew out more smoke, but Cybele thought he heard some hesitation behind the screen of gray. At the bottom, underneath all your fucking boots, none of you respect me. If it weren't for my power, the furious force that is Red, you would have all tossed me aside a long time ago. And this is your opportunity to change that, responded Knox, not denying what she said. You could be the hammer that shatters the Republic and their hold over us. 
Without you, Red, we will lose this. But if anyone here believes you will betray them the moment their back is turned, we will crumble. He's not wrong, Red, agreed Saibal. You know I don't take your violence personally, but it's time to stop playing games. My word ain't worth shit, Red shook her head. No one here will believe me, not after what I've done, what I've always done, who I've always been. Cybele approached Red and gave her a hard shove. Stop being such a drama queen and just pledge so we can move on to how we're going to get back to Providence because we certainly won't win against the Republic without her. Red's face was like shattered glass the way she smiled at Cybele, like she was about to erupt, like that smoke was coming out of her ears. Instead, she let out a huff, raised a solemn hand, and turned toward Knox. I solemnly swear to do what's best for the people of Providence, and I will never again betray them. There, happy, she spat. Good enough, smiled Knox. All in favor of acquitting Red and her crew of their crimes, say I. I, said Cybele. I, nodded Sornois. The rest of the crowd gave their assent, a unanimous decision. And what about you, fired back Red, already on the offensive again. You want to talk about the good of Providence? It was you who kept that drive from us and put that jazz woman before our interests. Not even Gerta would deny that. Knox looked hurt by that, but also nodded, giving Gerta a forgiving look. You're right, Red. Will anyone move to acquit me of my crimes against the people of Providence and the Council? Sornois raised his hand instantly. I so move. Second. Sornois looked straight at Cybele. Second. Wait just a minute, Red put a hand up. No, Red, snapped Sornois. Knox is Avery's son, and he had no way of knowing his actions would land him here. Even if he did, it seems like he's the only one who can not only get us out of this mess, but may even be able to turn it to our advantage. He will make his pledge as you did, and we will move on. All right, all right, Red put both her hands up. Gods, what's up your twat, Sorny Poo? I solemnly swear broke in Knox, to do what's best for the people of Providence, to put them before my own needs, always. All in favor say aye, Sornois roared. The crowd erupted in eyes, all attention on Red, who inspected her cigar for a moment before giving Knox a mad glare and placing it back in her mouth. Aye, aye, let's go home and fuck the Republic's loose butthole. Before that, I have one more vote, Sornois cut in. Red made me realize I'm getting too old for these games. I'll fight this fight with you all, but I'm in no shape to lead it. I think it's time we recognize a new first among equals, a new captain of captains. I move to vote that Knox be that person. He's gone away home and a plan for us to smash the Republic? I'll second that, said Red, surprisingly. All in favor, then? Lord Sornois, new life seeming to fill his pallid cheeks. Aye, the crowd roared. All opposed. The deck was silent. The eyes have it then, which puts us in your hands, Knox. Symphony of Shadows is a production of Synapse Radio. Written, produced, and performed by J.S. Rose. 
Follow us on Instagram at Synapse Radio and Twitter at Connect2Synapse. That's the number two. Or visit our website for all things awesome, synapse-radio.com. Synapse Radio.